0: You are now tuned in to the Project 365 Experience. Welcome back to the Project 365 Podcast. I am your host, Coach O. And for this week's episode, we have a really good one. Episode 8, we have Stacey Leewood, who we are going to welcome to the podcast. Um, she has a very interesting story. At the age of 20, she moved by herself to Toronto to be able to pursue this basketball dream, and she became NBPA certified as an agent at the age of just 23. Her resume is really stacked. Uh, It includes stints with the Guelph Nighthawks in the CBL and lead assistant coach for the Newfoundland Rogues in the NBLC. Last year, she was one of five women in the world to represent active NBA players and we're going to talk about it at the age of 25. Stacy has just incorporated Leewood Sports and Entertainment Inc. in collaboration with Artist Management Group, which is her own agency firm. Really excited to have this discussion with Stacy. so stick around with that. And in the basketball coaching section, we're going to show our bigs some love. We're going to break down simple way that bigs could get started on being how they could be very effective in the post. It's a really good one. And now, without any further ado, let's go to our interview with the Stacy Leewood. Stacy.
1: <laughs> What's up?
0: What's up? Welcome to the pod. I'm very excited <laughs> I get the chance to finally talk to you. It's been um, it's been a mo- it's been a while. Like we were talking a little bit before, I've been keeping up with um everything you've been doing. Uh, especially through during the pandemic, you know, you know how the pandemic was. Everybody's on their phones looking, at, uh, and then I'm seeing like, you know, obviously where I first got um a look and just got a peep of what you were doing. Um, it was really about it was really during the pandemic, and it was that was when you know leagues were trying to figure out how they were about to um how they were about to continue operating and all that kind of stuff, right? So, a lot has been happening in your life right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. This is kind of what I expected getting into this industry. I mean, everything I've ever done, it, it always feels like it's been accelerated and part of that is probably my own fault. I don't really take days off. I'm kind of still like an athlete in that <laughs> sense. So, I guess if you work two extra days a week, then a lot of people things tend to happen faster.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. So, talk so especially in in sports, right? You're looking at um being a woman in sports and you know there's there's definitely a lot of challenges and i i am very fascinated and i'm very in awe about how um certain women are able to push through kind of like male dominated industries so um talk to me about how important it is for someone like you to just be able to be one of those um references that women can kind of look into in sports and it's one of those things that you don't really think about it But once you sit back and you get feedback, you're like, oh, shoot, people are actually looking and taking inspiration from what I do.
1: Yeah, honestly, when I started in basketball, the intention was never to like inspire people. And I love that maybe that Mm -hmm. I've been able to be that person for people now. But my intention coming in the industry was just to shake it up a little bit in the sense that I feel like a lot of guys... Maybe they resonate with women a little bit better. Maybe they were raised by women. Maybe they had unfortunate loss of women in their life. And maybe they just trust women more. I think that my approach to being an agent might be a little bit more family-oriented for that reason. Uh It might also be, I don't know, I guess I probably get a little bit more emotionally invested in the business than a lot of other people do. And, you know, that's probably product of being Woman, but also product of being my mother's daughter. Um, I think it's important mm-hmm. hire people outside of the industry too. But I think most importantly it's to empower the guys and give the guys the opportunity to sign with somebody that they can trust. And maybe that just happens to be a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. It's 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 so funny because like, you know, um I think you know, I got the opportunity to coach uh, girls. At one point in my career. And I remember, you know, we just have the discussion with some of them to talk about how important it was to, um, you know, they've some of them have never gotten the opportunity to be coached by women. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys in sports that have never gotten the opportunity to get assistance by women. Mm-hmm. So it's also like very interesting that you're saying that, because I think like even for me, like that that family aspect like you're saying that caring that emotional investment i think in a lot of situations i think a lot of you know young young boys um can use that and now you know you're going into your field you're dealing with men and that same feeling is still something that a lot of them resonate with so i find that's pretty cool yeah Yeah,
1: i find like even in i mean it's been a short career i guess when you look at from like a time perspective but I feel like I've done a lot and in every situation I've put myself in whether it was with Guelph was it whether it was with Newfoundland or even as an agent I feel like my players or my clients they've opened up to me about things that I can help them with that they may not be as comfortable opening Mm. up a man about and even situations Mm. I was coaching there's things that go on on a basketball team that they don't necessarily like want to share But if you have that kind of trust with them, if you have that sort of friendship with them, like they're more inclined to let you help them. And I think that's like a big part of like the athletic culture, especially on the men's side is like not being willing to open up, not being willing to talk about like mental health needs and that kind of thing. Whereas they perceive it as more common on the women's side of the industry. So if I can be that bridge, if I can help them get the things that they need, whether it's for me or somebody else um i like to be that person for them because i know in certain circumstances they would not have gotten through what they were going through if they didn't have a female outlet to actually talk to about it
0: that's huge that's huge so i want to so let's let's talk a bit about like what it is that you do so let's 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 educate people is <laughs> it is it agent is it player rep is it like what is the term that you would say that's more common yeah
1: my most common title, I would say, is definitely as an agent. Um, uh-huh. But in the sense that I got a really non-traditional start in the industry because uh-huh. where I'm from there, when I was growing up, there was no entertainment industry. Like since then, there have been a couple different pro basketball teams. Um, we've always had hockey in newfoundland but i was never involved i've never had any experience in hockey so even just figuring out what roles actually exist in basketball took me a little bit a little bit of time because i just didn't know i'd never i'd never seen it i never understood it i didn't know that being an agent was a thing to be honest with you growing up i just assumed that players got their own contracts i assumed that you sure. called them on, like their house phone i don't know and was like hey you're good at this like yeah us like (laughs)
0: yeah no that's that's a hundred percent like it's it's I am that's why I'm interested in diving with you about the process of how everything is and so I want to know like you know you played a little bit um and then you got the opportunity to coach but like at what moment did you decide okay I'm gonna pursue I'm gonna head into being um an agent full-time
1: so for me I had An interesting start, I guess you could say, again, coming from Newfoundland, I moved to Toronto when I was 20. That wasn't necessarily to work in basketball, but Mm -hmm. the year that I moved here happened to be the year that the Raptors won, which obviously piqued my interest as like a former basketball player. Like, how can I be involved? Like, this is amazing. Look what it did for the city. Look what it did for the culture. Like, how, how can I be a part of that? And so I decided that I was going to like work for an agency. I wanted to be on the ground with the players because I know when you work for a team, usually you only get them for a year. You only get them for one season. Mm -hmm. And in terms of what I like to do, like build that trust with them and like actually impact their lives. I felt if I was an agent and I worked on that side of the business, I could have longer lasting relationships with them rather than just one season in and out. And I think you can make a significant impact that way too But for me, I I like the aspect of having, you know, the ability to maybe use the platform of basketball with these guys a little bit more than just It's like a a single year contract. Right. Uh, So I actually did really want to work for MLSE. I really did want to work in the CEBL. I eventually did get to work in the CEBL, and that was amazing. It was after I found out I had been certified. So Mm. I took advantage of that opportunity, but knowing that this was like the beginning of the end, that after this season, I wanted to dive into being an agent. And again, a lot of that was just to try and help people utilize their platform Um, To have a longer-lasting impact, I still potentially might work for a team one day. My goal is to be the GM of an NBA team, but Mm -hmm. for me, that's like a longer-term goal. Um, When Mm -hmm. you look at the agent space, most agents it's their second career. They're already like 35 to like maybe 50, 55. I got certified when I was 23, Mm -hmm. Uh, so even 10 years from now, if I decide to be a GM, I would probably still be the youngest GM in the league. So. Yeah
0: yeah i know <laughs> a lot of types ago for sure yeah for sure and like so so then what did that process so again you said you just got certified so like not just got certified but you got certified like young mm-hmm. so like how was that process like like how do you how do how does someone go about becoming a certified
1: so it's really funny whenever um younger women ask me or kids in general ask me like how did you like figure out how to get certified i always laugh because it's the stupidest answer i literally just googled it um, yeah <laughs> I, I had nobody to ask so hey. I was so yeah. cool, like typing away trying to figure it out uh, and i came across the players association website like the nba players association website they actually have a page that has it like the whole process perfectly laid out for people if anybody's interested in checking that out but essentially when i did it and it's changed a little bit since um I essentially had to do this like massive application a lot of it really intimidated me because it was like where did you go to law school and like all of these things I didn't go to law school at that time I didn't even have an undergrad I mm-hmm. had to finish all of my undergrad courses in one semester leading up to the exam to even be eligible so because mm. <laughs> you do have to have an undergrad that is one of the requirements but I asked them it was like if I can finish all my courses before the exam can I write it and they're like Sure, as long as you can send us proof that you passed. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so I did that. I finished it. Um, Once they approved me to write the exam, which it took months for me to actually find out that I was approved, they do a very thorough background check of everywhere you've lived, everywhere you've worked, where you've gone to school, um, all of that kind of stuff. Um, So once I did find out, I just I didn't know how to go about preparing because I didn't have anybody that mentored me in the space. So I literally just started reading the collective bargaining agreement between the NBA and the Players Association, all glorious 600 pages of it. Um, the first time I read it, I didn't understand a thing. I had never read legal documents before at the age of 23. Um, so I didn't understand much, but I just like took notes of all the things that I didn't understand and then started Googling those things. Then I found out that there's this amazing document called the Larry Kuhn FAQ, which actually answers a lot of those questions that people like me didn't understand in a, in a way that like I could understand. Mm-hmm. And then I just started going back through it. I went through it twice. Um, I definitely drastically overprepared. I spent months studying for this exam, but that's what I was used to. I had just finished school like oh, we yeah. studying all the time mm-hmm. um, and it was during the pandemic. So what else are you going to do? That's productive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Trust me,
1: <laughs> right? I studied yeah. this thing for months, and then when it came to the exam, I was terrified. Like you ask anybody in my circle that knew I was doing it, which was very few, and I was so afraid to write this exam because I was so afraid to fail that I didn't even tell a lot of people I was writing it. And then when it yeah. came to the exam, I was so over prepared that it took me like an hour less than expected to write the exam, um, and I passed, which means I got more than eighty percent. So clearly, hey. I to worry about.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, like the over preparing, like I definitely something that that I get for sure. Like so, you write this exam, okay? Then what are the next steps after that? You write the exams, like do you get a call? Do you get like how does that work?
1: So it was funny because does, a lot does of the
0: is... <laughs> does the commissioner of the NBA call you?
1: <laughs> Not quite, and it's actually really funny you say that because none of us actually knew how we were gonna find out. There's about like two hundred people or so every year that write this exam. Um, At the time, I don't know what the pass rate is right now. The terms that I had seen online is that usually about 50% of people pass. And like that was terrifying to me. If two hundred people are writing this, that means a hundred people fail. Like these people have gone to law school, like I was terrified. Um, so we had no idea. Literally every day, I'm just refreshing my email, refreshing my email. And I was talking to some of the other agents. I'm like, did you hear anything? Like, what if it goes by alphabetical order? Like my last name's closer to the end? Like, because I started to hear that people thought they passed, and it was always the people with the names in the beginning. Um, so eventually they did send me an email. It was actually really ironic. I was watching, um the last chance you basketball the first <laughs> season and I'm like sitting on my couch like watching this like in tears because it's such an amazing series and then I check my email just like refreshing after an episode and it was like congratulations you passed and like it was my certificate
0: <laughs> what was that moment like
1: it was surreal I didn't know what to do um I was actually I was staying at my parents house at the time but there was nobody home so I'm just like sitting there like freaking out with like nobody to tell this to because nobody <laughs> knew what I was writing yeah for so like i remember my mom came home and i just like ran out i was like i passed she's like Pass what (laughs) (laughs)
0: holy (laughs) so you so so oh man that must have been like an amazing moment like so you study for so much you invest so much time it's almost like a like you know how it is with playing right you prepare for certain things you win a championship it's almost like one of those things right so okay so then take so then boom okay now you're certified now you got you. You know you passed the test. What came next?
1: So interestingly enough, nobody actually teaches you how to be an agent. Mm. You study the rules of getting guys contracts, and largely you study the salary cap and like understand how like the exceptions work. Nobody teaches you how to be an agent. <laughs> like to be completely honest, everything that I knew about being an agent was through complaints of friends of mine that played that they said my agent doesn't do this. So mm-hmm. I basically took the opposite approach and everything that they complained about, I made sure that I did right. Um, and that was kind of my thought process getting into the industry. I'm like, yes, I'm younger than everybody else. Yeah, I'm a female, um, but I can't be worse than these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, just, I used to write down the complaints that people had about their agents. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. How do I fix this problem? And that's kind of the approach that I took. And then it was just, you know, obviously being willing to, like, reach out to the Players Association and ask for help. I always make sure, I, like, I have the most accurate information because a lot of people are a little bit too proud to ask and they don't give players accurate information. Me, Good. on the other hand, if you ask Kirk at the Players Association, he would laugh about how much we talk. Because mm-hmm. I'll even say sometimes, I'm like, this is my question. I think this is the answer. Can you just give me, like, a quick yay or nay? Like, just yeah. want to make sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just want to be sure for sure. Yeah. And so, so... OK, you sign. I don't know what the technical term. So that's why like, I'm learning as we're as we're speaking. So um start asking questions, start figuring out how the process is going to go. Um Let's go like let's go this way. Where do you when do you sign your first your first player? And how so, was that?
1: <laughs> it was a funny experience, to be honest, because I was working for the Guelph Nighthawks at the time mm-hmm. um, and we had. One game against the Edmonton Stingers at home, and I didn't travel with the team because I was the director of player personnel, but I wasn't like a lead assistant or anything with that team, so I didn't travel. Um, and it was actually my birthday, like July 13th of 2021, and I was given the task of doing the scout for Edmonton, which is something that I'd been begging them to let me do, like, yeah, I did my shit. like, let me do, the yes. Sc- Like I lived in Edmonton, like I know these guys, it's the same players year over year, like, let me try. And then it was like, oh, they finally gave me the opportunity on my birthday when I would love to go celebrate my birthday. But I spent all day making this scout and largely the scout was to stop Xavier Moon. Yeah, like that was, you know, at the time, the two time MVP of the league, like they had just won. So it was like, how do we stop him? How do we make somebody else beat us? so the head coach and I came up with this very comprehensive plan on how we were going to stop him um it didn't work we lost uh <laughs> he didn't <laughs> he had been setting like the record points though like multiple game after game like yep. lead record. he did not set a record against us so to me that's a win Yeah, uh, <laughs> we did make the other players beat us so yeah fine and then I thought about it like I had just gotten signed I had known him previously anyway mostly through like friends of friends because he played in the NBL before that and I had a lot of friends that had played in that league and I reached out to him what I asked him, I was like have you signed a contract for next year yet because to my knowledge he'd never played anywhere even like first division which blew my mind because the mm. first time I saw him play in Edmonton and like 2019 i was like this guy's an nba player yeah and everybody told me i was nuts they were like he's like six foot like he's way too yeah. small like it's never gonna happen if it was gonna happen it would have happened by now at this point he's like 26 yeah. um, i looked up his current agent i asked him who his agent was i looked him up he wasn't nba certified and i asked him i was like isn't your dream to play in the nba and he said yeah i was like well you know the agent that you have can never get you there hmm Interesting. I was like, can I see the contract? In the contract, there was a clause that said he could hire an NBA agent because that guy wasn't certified. He mm-hmm. just had to no. So I was like, go tell your agent I'm going to represent you on the NBA side. He's like, honestly, like he had met me when I was doing door to door sales. So he was like, if somebody's going to get me into the G League, it's going to be you. So honestly, go for it. Yeah. Um, so it took me like, I had gotten really sick actually right after our season ended. I don't know if it was COVID. I wasn't well enough
0: to get Yeah. Class,
1: but yeah. I but I spent yeah. the next two weeks in bed. Just dying with this flu. But I had nothing else to do but try and find the emails, the contacts to every single G League team. I had nothing else to do but cut the film of him playing against G League players like Lindell Wigginton, like Cat Barber, and these guys that he had Uh won those matchups. So I sent this out, like a scouting report, film everything to every single G League team. And I said, listen, you have these guys on your roster already. These guys are killing you in the G League. Why would you not want the person that just beat up on them all summer? at first, like the first couple of teams got back to me. They're like, sorry, like too many returning players, blah, blah, whatever, all re-signed or E-10s and that kind of thing. Um, and then slowly I started getting some traction. Like, of course, they were like, who are you? And then once I kind of told them, like, I just passed, like, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> I'm he's playing in Canada. I know him. It's all good. Talk to him if you don't believe me. Um, They're like, you know what? Like, I think we'd give him a tryout. Like, if he's as good as you say he is, like, we'll give him a tryout. So he started getting interest from a lot of teams. We ended up with like half the G League interested in him, which is crazy because everybody told me it would never work. Nobody work. was interested in him. We've tried. Nobody wanted him. Like clearly you didn't try that hard. <laughs> um, so, so we literally narrowed it down to our top three teams and he went to tryouts with them. We were positive that he was going to sign with another team um, that we, I, I had actually gone to. The, I flew out to go to that tryout with him because I thought that's who he was going to sign with. And as we're walking out of the tryout, this other team who obviously ended up being the Clippers called me and they're like, listen, we know you're walking out of that other tryout right now. What do we have to do to get him to commit to us right now? And it was crazy. It was, it was like a movie moment. And, you know, we, they didn't know we were together, like physically in the same place. So like I had them call me, listen to them. Then I had them call him and see if they told him the same thing. It was identical. So I was like, you know what? I believe them. And they stayed true to everything that they'd promised him. And that was the start of his G League NBA career.
0: <laughs> Man, it must have been such a such a like you said, the feeling. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Like even like I can relate to that because even me like um, so I do, I do a lot of recruiting, right? And a lot of times it's just about when you can get kind of two people connected. To me, I feel so good about that. Like, to me, that's my thing. I'm like, oh, I feel good. These <laughs> I'm able to kind of like bring these two people. I don't want anything from it. As long as these two people are able to like both achieve what they want to achieve. Like, I'm like, yo, I feel so good about that. So that must have been like a surreal moment. I can't imagine how it is. Like, literally people told you give up
1: yeah you didn't people told me that it was a waste of time to sign him on a SPAC which is like a contract with the NBA like Mm -hmm. it's him and the NBA that's the contract they're like it's a waste of your time why even put in the paperwork like he's not he's not even going to make the G League let alone the NBA and if anybody knows anything about me if you tell me I can't do it I promise you I will and it'll be a lot faster than you expected
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure holy man so how Okay so this is amazing so you obviously this is this you have one you have one player that now goes to all these things right so now i'm assuming now like your credibility starts going up now people are like yo you got somebody to the nba you got somebody to the g league yo there's now oh, more yeah. people so you as an agent now like how many people are you able to represent if that makes sense like obviously there's the agency but like how many people can one um can one uh person represent
1: I think that's a different answer, depending on the person and like how much time you have to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Me, I've purposely kept my roster very small, like as I'm starting out, as I'm building, because I want it to be like organic growth. I could probably have 40 clients right now if I wanted to. Right. I don't think that I personally in this growth stage in my career could take care of that many people in the way that I want to. Right. So I started with one. Once I got Xavier to the G League, I signed another guy. Um, but it's all been natural, like all of my clients have come to me from referral, um, yes. and that's largely because of the job that I did with him, because once he got to the G League, it was it was crazy, like even my credibility with teams like skyrocketed, they were like, we thought you were full of shit, so <laughs> six foot, six foot, like 165 pound point guard, he was 26, which is like way older than most of the players in the G League at the time. And they're like, but you were right. You know, like you were right. He took over the league and two months later, we got his first 10-day contract. So now he went from supposed to play in a second division league in Europe to he's playing in the NBA. Like, um, so not only do like the younger players maybe of similar position or similar story, like he's a small town guy. Maybe they resonate with that story, but the teams are also like, she's on to something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, so... This kind of like this is very interesting that you said what you said. Um, you know, you kind of want to keep it small, especially in your growing stages. I think it's kind of like also your approach, because like from from what I know of you, like you actually take care of your clients. You mm-hmm. actually are there for them in different ways that I think like it's not just kind of like that exchange. I'll give you an example. In um, if let's say somebody's a trainer, right? I've seen the trainers that have the most impact on certain players are the trainers that actually go watch their games, Mm -hmm. actually sit there, actually have those conversations. Hey, you know, you should be doing, you know, this was good. You should do that. Giving them the feedback and all that kind of stuff. I get that same feeling from you because I see that, you know, you do travel and go um, to your players' games. You talk with them, you communicate. They're almost like family, like you said. 100%
1: 100% yeah it's, so, it's just the atmosphere we've built up like they treat me like family I treat them like family and I'm blessed that honestly all my guys communicate with each other like they're so supportive of each other even when they play against each other it's so sweet like to have both teams like both guys and both teams like come out and like get a picture together after the game like that just makes me happy like they uh, have, like- I've never played pro I played and I coached at the pro level but like they have experiences that I'll never have and I like for them to be able to share that with each other um and they're very open to doing that so honestly I'm really blessed for the guys that I do have they make my job so much better
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure for sure like um when it comes to um when it comes to like, um, ad, like, uh, let's say a player has to like all the extra stuff, like marketing and advertising and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you, as a do you, like, I don't know, is it legal? Like, do you kind of partake in some of those things? Like,
1: it depends on what they want. Okay. Largely because I am young and I don't have the experience that like a lot of people have to have expertise in that field. I do typically have partners in different areas that work with me on that. Smart. Um, so I definitely help facilitate their marketing, um, like create the documents to have them marketed and that kind of thing. Um, but Smart. in terms of like connections, like I, I know for a fact that my people in LA have better connections in LA than I oh, do. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I would rather like earn less or potentially nothing at all, and make sure that they actually get that opportunity. So whether it comes to like legal advice, like I can get you lawyers, have access to lawyers, I've done that. When it comes to marketing, if you need help with your marketing, if you want to talk to somebody about branding, social media, PR, like any of that, I have a person for you that's an expert in that field. Um, And while I do have a background in sales and marketing, And I could do that myself. I want to make sure that my guys get the best that's available.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So now, obviously, you go through all of this. But now, you know, you got this new project. I'm going to call it a project that just came out last week, you know. Talk to us about this new project. I'm going to let you. I'm going to give you the floor. Plug yourself.
1: All right. So. Last month, um, May 30th, I actually went ahead and incorporated my own agency, which is called Leewood Sports and Entertainment. And that's actually in collaboration with our test management group. So the beauty of that collaboration is, I didn't feel like there was anybody in the industry that was offering my players what I think that they deserve in terms of resources. I don't think that a lot of agencies have an ecosystem built out in the sense that they have much beyond like representation and marketing. Typically, that's pretty much where it ends Mm -hmm. where it doesn't make sense to me like why don't we have financial advisors for them why don't we have somebody that can help them start a business like why don't we have tech people that can help them so i actually also during the pandemic built a great relationship with meta world peace just through linkedin which is another funny story in itself um i ended up his son was actually my third client i think he was one of the, the first people i signed And we just built up a relationship from there. I had done like odd things for him. Like when he had a beta testing of his app, he needed Canadian players. So I had introduced Canadian players to his app and that sort of thing. So we built up a relationship that way. um, And he started telling me about like his family office, which is called our test management group. And just like all the different verticals that he has in terms of things that people that work in that group have access to and that their clients have access to. I was like, this is exactly what I want an agency. I want my guys to have access to all of these things. Like whether you want help investing in real estate, investing period, whether you need help with your taxes, especially my international players, my Canadian guys, you need cross-border taxes. Like there's a lot of things that they need and can benefit from. And he had all of those things. Um, so we just kind of put a plan together. He had always wanted um, to have an agency as part of our test management group, but he never felt comfortable enough with it somebody to like start it and i told him i was like i i have to do this regardless i need to do this for my guys like do you want in or not and he was like of course i do he was like i know that i can help your guys let's do it
0: (laughs) yeah so like oh man this is this is great so like what would you say like is the goal like are you looking to okay let's Let's get certain players to this level. Is it just, um, Do you, are you looking to, you know, obviously you're in the, you're in the starting phases, but like, are you looking to expand into other things? Like where's your creative mind taking you?
1: Honestly, so many places. Every time I talk to anybody, I'm like, I could do that. My guys could do that. That could help them. So honestly, like obviously starts with like core basketball, like representation, but I want to expand and in like maybe some ways that people haven't thought about. Like, I don't understand why there's such crazy turnover between athletes and their clients and also why they kind of don't have necessarily any help transitioning into life after sport. Unless you're an NBA player, the NBA does a really good job of that. And being a part of the Players Association, it made me realize like that's like a really needed service and who better to help guide my players to life after sport than Metaworld World Peace. He's been mm-hmm. there, done that. He's done it very successfully. He's a very successful entrepreneur right now. Right. Um, so there's just even in, like improving the longevity of the relationship with my clients is something that I want to do. i taking care of players after their athletic retirement because there's a lot that they want to do. They have passions and they have interests that they don't know how to monetize. They don't know how to use their brand to get those opportunities, but we do. So why not maintain those relationships? I've been approached by let's say three or four other sports, like athletes of other sports saying like, Hey, would you represent somebody, you know, in this sport? And I personally want to focus on basketball, but I wouldn't mind at all having somebody on my team that does other sports. I think mm-hmm. the same problems that athletes have in basketball that they for sure have in other sports, basketball yeah. is like- most progressive sport right now in terms of athlete empowerment and that kind of thing and i think Mm -hmm. actually a lot of the ideas from the nba if we could take them and bring them into the nfl and into the nhl it would actually make for a better experience for a lot of athletes so there's definitely room for growth whether it's just like expanding like my personal career beyond athletic representation um but it's it's still. So I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. <laughs> for the sure. One thing that I'm really good at controlling is making sure that the clients that I do have have access to me 24 seven, whatever they need. And I don't smart. want to change that. So, yeah,
0: smart. So let me I got two last questions for you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. First one is in one word. What is one thing that you take pride as an agent when you represent your clients?
1: Empowerment, for sure. I want them to understand. um, My guys don't get left in the dark. They understand what different contracts are, what's available, what negotiation is going on, who I'm talking to, um, all that sort of stuff. In a way, I'm kind of training them to be an agent after their career, but I want them to be aware of these things. Like I think it empowers athletes if they understand the business of basketball, and then also just like empowering them to use basketball as a platform. Um, and I've said it in interviews before, but when you think about it, like one basketball player, especially depending on where they're from, especially if they're an international player or a small town player, um, you know, you obviously affect the lives of your family, but you can affect the lives of your community, sometimes your country, like a lot of times you can make a global impact if you're big enough as a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see any reason why guys shouldn't be able to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Next one is, what does Stacy of now say 20-year-old Stacey?
1: Hmm. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. That is a tough one because I feel like everybody knew, and this is the feedback that I get when I go home now, is we always knew that you were going to do something a little bit unconventional as a career before you did. Mm. Um, so I think the one thing that I've learned Um, and I don't think it's something that I didn't necessarily know, but something that's very prevalent in like my current life is just like, trust your journey, honestly, like things, opportunities don't come up for no reason. They come up for you to capitalize on them, to push you in a certain direction. So just trusting in your work ethic that, you know, when you do things correctly, like you will be rewarded for that. Even if you have to go through some adversity, that doesn't mean you're not doing the right thing. It just means that there's another barrier that you have to break for you or somebody else. Um, so I would say trusting your journey as an athlete, um, as an agent, even as like a coach, an industry professional, or really anybody, I think that having faith to fall back on, um, definitely gets you through those, those valleys because <laughs> there's well, a lot of peaks, but there's a lot of valleys too. A lot of
0: valleys <laughs> with rivers at the bottom. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Stace, no, I appreciate you, um, you plug, plug your social media, um, please people, um, go take a look at what uh, she got cooking because really good follow on social media. So anything that you want to plug in?
1: Well, my personal um, Instagram is what I've used up until this point to promote my players, which is just my name. It's just Stacey Um, But now I recently created an Instagram account for my new agency. That's Um, That will be where I'm transitioning most of my player content to. However, I do love them dearly. So I'm sure you will still see them on my personal page too. <laughs>
0: 100%. Stacey, you, you keep up the good work. I've gotten the chance to, you know, keep up with everything you've had going on. And like I was telling you um, pre, pre-interview, um, there's, there's so much good that you're doing. I think you don't even realize how much of a representation like you are and how much of a like you have you can really take this like to places where it's unseen and i think even for me like just being able to just keep up and just see everything that you've done like i'm like i've gotten to know you a little bit like i'm really proud of what you keep doing so you just keep pushing sky's the limit for you
1: thank you i appreciate That hopefully all the things that I'm going through to get to where I'm trying to go, it just makes it easier for the next person coming behind me. So whether that make whether it's because they're small town, Canadian, a woman, um, or just somebody that didn't think that they could do it, that's the goal is just to make it easier for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, and we'll definitely keep talking soon.
1: Awesome, Again. thank you.
0: <laughs> all right, so for in this week's basketball coaching section, we're gonna show. Our bigs, the five men, post players, we're going to show y'all some love. And this is one of those things because like I know, especially nowadays, we're in this era where everybody wants to dribble past shoot. Everybody wants to be on the perimeter. Everyone's going to shoot three, show their skill and all that stuff. But got to understand that like if you if everybody does one thing, if you do the opposite, naturally you stand out. And it's really a mindset. So the number one mindset that i want you to go into your situation with is as a five man you are the most important piece to the puzzle right because think about it when the guards can't get open what do they do they call you up to come set ball screens right to help them get downhill and also as a rebounder a lot of people look at you for rebounding and rebounding is one of those things that is extremely important when looking at factors that determine whether you win games or not, right? So you are actually super important piece to the puzzle, but let's break it down though. You gotta understand if you're a very important piece to the puzzle, I think what, there's a great quote by Uncle Ben and Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility, right? So how do you do to harness this great power? I'm going to give you three keys things for you to start looking at and start paying attention to. Number one, you want to be in great shape. You want to be able to get up and down on the floor without getting tired very early. A lot of times that's what, that's what takes bigs off the floor. You're not working on athleticism. You're not working on sprinting, getting up to down, keeping up with the game and all that kind of stuff. Um, A lot of bigs will be put on the bench and not really understand why. Well, a lot of times, it's not that you don't have the skill, but it's just that your conditioning level doesn't allow you to showcase that skill. So being in shape, really big one. Second one is a mentality. Don't take plays off. And I know it's hard because you're going to play with guards. You're going to play with players who want to just use the screen, get downhill. Even if you screen and you roll and you're by yourself, they're not going to give you the ball. Even if you post up, you have a small guy on you. They're not going to throw you the ball inside the paint, right? But do not take plays off. Always do your job. That's one of those things that is tough, but if you're able to do that, eventually good things are going to happen. So just being consistent in the good habits. And lastly, it's a communication piece. You know, be loud. Talk on defense. Understand that a lot of the times you're going to be the eyes of the people playing defense in front of you. So you are basically the quarterback of the defense, right? So a lot of times it's as simple as telling, Hey, go Jay. You're on an island. You're by yourself. Guard him, Jay. You know, just giving your teammates energy with your voice. Hey, ball screen coming, screen coming left, just screen coming right. Just being consistent in how you convey your message. What's really cool about the three things that I said that you need to work on is that these are all things that you can control. Can't control how many shots you make. Can't control how many times somebody gives you the ball, but you could always control these three factors. If you really look at it, be in great shape, control your conditioning, right? Make sure you are in shape before games happen. Don't take plays off, which is a mindset. Whenever, you have to do your job. Always finish doing your job to the best of your abilities. Right? Don't set a screen and then you know the guys not give you the ball and not roll. Roll every single time. Pop every single time. Set good screens every single time. And next one, be loud. Communicate loud, vocal. You can control your voice. People don't know, but being loud, talking, especially when you're tired, that's a skill. And if you're able to do that, at a high level, high communicator. And I'm thinking about guys like Draymond Green. Well, look at, look at how much he means to that Warriors team. And then when you start looking at how do you break down your offense, how do you break down all these things, well, so offensively, let's let's dive into a couple things. Well, understanding the one-on-one. Understanding if you have a smaller player on you, just have great deep position because sometimes you just catching the ball in a certain spot forces the defense to have to rotate. So you catching the ball deep, close to the basket, sometimes is the best way. It's almost as good as a guard driving because that forces the defense to have to make a decision. Are they rotating or are they going to let you play one-on-one? And you understanding that that is your advantage and being consistent at looking to figure these things out can really... Put your team in the, in a the situation where they could take advantage of the defense. Rim running. And this ties into being in great shape. Being able to get up and down. If you could beat people down the floor, sprinting down being the first one, you'll get a dunk or a layup every single time. You are, We're also in the era where everybody just likes to run to the three-point line. right? People don't like to be as physical. So if you run to the rim, a lot of times defense naturally instead of getting down to the paint and then and then spraying back out to the three-point line to guard the three-point shooters what they'll do is that they'll just skip a step and just go straight guard the perimeter if you rim run all the way and just be active and just anticipate that you could receive the ball like I mentioned before you'll get some layups every single time but also if let's say you sprint even if you let's say you don't get the ball sometimes you just going to the rim Is a presence, and that forces somebody from the defense to have to rotate. And then sometimes you now create open shots for your teammates because now they have to rotate and they have to respect the fact that you are at the rim. Because if you are at the rim, you are one of the most dangerous people on the court because you can score very easily, right? So that ties in with our two points that we said before. Don't take plays off as much as you can rim run, rim run, rim run, rim run. And then that's when you'll be able to see um how much of value you have next i'll probably say develop a go-to move and figure out what your strengths are or what it is that one thing that you can get really good at so let me give you an example so for me my go-to move was i would like to catch it on the block right so if let's say i i catch it on the block close to the basket right so the block is that little square area where people where people um line up for the free throws right that little square area If I caught it there close to the basket with a smaller defender on me, I would take one, two dribbles, get to the middle of the paint, and then just do a hook shot over with my right hand. So that would end up being my go-to move. So off of that now, I would start deciding, okay, like, is there a build? Like, how do, if they take that away, what is my next thing? What is my next move? If they take it away, then I would have a dribble. Then I would spin back, go the other way, and score with my left hand, right? So then off of that, I have my counters based on how the defense is going to play me. Because defense can only play you a certain way. And having that place that you could go back to that is your comfort, right? So for me, that was that right block. That really created ease in my mind where I knew that every single time there was a storm in a game where a team would go on a run, I could go there and get an easy basket or create an easy play for my team. Um, that comes a self-awareness piece. Are you a good mid-range shooter? Then maybe for you, it's a catch, turn, and face because now you catch on the block, turn, and face. Now defense overreacts. Now you can drive to the paint. And then you could, you know, kick it back out to the three, rotate, see the rotations and all that kind of stuff, right? So just understanding. Or even maybe you're a left-handed. So then instead of, if you're really good at a hook shot with your left hand, then instead of being on the block that I was at, you would be on the upper, other side because by you taking those two dribbles now, you would have your left hand get ready for the hook shot. And all you have to do after that is just be able to read what the defense does after. So just understanding that, understanding rotations, understanding the game is very simple, and a a lot of times you catching the ball close to the basket or you catching the ball in a position for you to be able to do your go-to move is as good as a guard penetrating, a guard driving. And we talked a little bit about it, but on defense, you know, be loud, be vocal, talk. I talk with a lot of college coaches, and that's the one thing that they want bigs to really be able to do. Just how vocal are you? Are you able to help your teammates with your voice? Are you active, right? When the action is not around you, do you disengage? Because especially as a five, like you have to be on top of your game because you're gonna be involved in a lot of the ball screen, right? A lot of the ball screens. And you know nowadays everybody likes to use ball screens so much, right, that teams are going to try to attack you teams are going to try to use, um, their five men to set a screen on the other guard. And now you have a point guard coming downhill on you as a big, right? So you have to be active. You got to be able to call the screen, Hey, Jay, screen coming left. And so Jay knows that the screen is coming left and then you guys could get ready to anticipate and, um, defend whatever action is coming your way. So that's one of those things. And the number one thing that I would say is as say, same way as guards, or judge on how many assists they have, I would say rebounding the ball. a Rebound, rebound, rebound. Even if it's with your teammates, snatch those rebounds away from your teammates because rebounding is one of those things that you could be very selfish with and you still look like you're a great team player. Right? So, same way as... So, guards are judged on assists, on how much they could get their team involved. Where as a big, you're going to get judged on how you're able to rebound the ball. Right? So, you'll be able to rebound the ball at a high level and get double-digit rebounds in some a lot of situations. You don't even need to score a lot of points. A lot of times, just by you grabbing those rebounds, every rebound that you take is an extra possession for your team. So you have a lot of responsibility for you to be able to uh, affect the outcome of the game. Rebounding is one of those factors that determine whether you win a game or not. So yeah you're the big you're the big piece to the puzzle you're the five man so much value is put on you and all you really have to do is just lock in on your role and go get it thank you to all of you guys that tuned in this week make sure to rate or add a review if you enjoyed thank you to stacy leewood for being our guest this week make sure to give her a shout out on social media And as for me, you could always connect with me at Kojo365 on every platform. And you can make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel for weekly video breakdowns. Thank you to all the followers. Every week, I thank you guys for making this possible. And this is your host, Kojo. And this week, the word is patience. Be patient and stay ready. What is meant to be, will be. Have a great week and see you all next week on the Project 365 Podcast.